Talk about life. Hello, hello. Welcome to Creatively Relating. I'm Viana Novis. Today's guest is a person I hold with such high regard, admiration, and Oh, the deepest gratitude. A coach, a friend, a mentor, a teacher, James Olivia Chu Hillman. I struggle to put to words the magic this human has brought to my life. Their way of being in the world has been like a nourishing balm over some of my deepest wounds. And I have been changed just by witnessing and listening to their perspective and the way that they show up in the world. I am so thrilled to get to share with you a small window into James, Olivia, and the magic that they embody and share with this world. And I hope that we will have so much more of their brilliance on Creatively Relating. I'm going to share with you some words that they use and enjoy to describe themselves. And beyond that, there are so many more things I want to say. And I'm just going to let you get familiar with my love of James Olivia by listening to the show. So far, there has not been a single episode that I can recall that I have not mentioned them, (laughs) which will uh, reveal to you how deeply they have impacted my life my perspective, and who I am at this moment. Uh, You will definitely hear my praise and gratitude for this incredible human throughout the show. (laughs) So James Olivia, they are an inquisitive human, and I can tell you, one of the most inquisitive humans I have ever met. They are a nurturer of disobedience and regard. Oh, they nurture it so sweetly. A right relationship celebrant. And the way that they define right relationship is exquisite. Exquisite. If it hasn't yet been mentioned on the show, I will be sure to have them share with you in a future episode. And this is perhaps my favorite way that they describe themselves. They're a lover of uncomfortable conversations. And watching them delight in the discomfort of conversations that are uncomfortable is thrilling. I feel more competent in uncomfortable conversations because I've been able to witness James Olivia delight 
in uncomfortable conversations. (laughs) I am so thrilled that you are going to get to experience this magical, magical human. And James Olivia, my gratitude for you. Oh, truly, truly beyond words. So far beyond words. Thank you for being on the show. This show is supported by you. You. Thank you. Thank you to every single one of the folks who are supporting the show on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, if you receive value from the show, if you would maybe want to buy me a cup of coffee as a thank you for making this show, you can do that on Patreon. How uh, is the starting point, and you get to choose how you support the show. Your contribution is decided by you, what's accessible to you, and what values, uh, what reflects the value you're receiving from the show, and how you want to reciprocate that energy. So if it's $3 a month, $5, $10, $20, whatever you have, anything you have to share will get you access to everything I have to share. There is no hierarchy in my Patreon. Anyone who contributes gets access to the entire feed. And this is a place where we gather once a month. We meditate together. I answer everyone's questions in those live sessions. I also give creativity prompts, writing prompts. I share behind the scenes updates on projects I'm working on that I'm not talking about publicly. I also share the full photo sets from the monthly shoots I do with my collaborator, Jess Purple, and lots of other beautiful inspiration to stoke your own creativity. So not only do you get to support the show, you also get to access resources that are going to support you in utilizing your own creative voice, which is inherent. Sometimes it just needs to be chipped away at all the shell that's keeping that creative expression contained. So come chip away at that in community with other brilliant, inspiring people. Truly, this community blows my mind. So many incredible people. So you can join us. Come join the Patreon community at patreon.com slash Viana Novus, V-Y-A-N-A, N-O-V-U-S. And if you don't have the funds to give, if $3 a month is not accessible for you right now, that's okay. You can still support the show by liking the show, subscribing, leaving a review. I've heard that, and I don't fully understand this because y'all, come on, I don't know about technology, but from what I've heard on iTunes, the more five-star reviews you have, the more they show the show to people. I mean, isn't that how it always works? I don't know. Anyways, I was told to say to you, (laughs) if you want to leave a review, please leave a five-star review. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) if you're debating between four and five stars, go for the five. Come on. (laughs) Leaving a review, liking the show, subscribing, following me on Instagram at viana.novis, sharing on your Instagram. Those are all free ways 
to support the show. So if Patreon is not accessible for you right now, you can still support the show through these free actions. And I so deeply appreciate every single one of you who's taking a moment to offer your support in these tangible ways. It means so much to me to be sitting in this little office in my house making something and to have your response and to have you receive it and want to support me in continuing to create it. That's such a gift. I'm really lost for words to communicate how it feels. But thank you. In all the ways that you show up to support the show, thank you. And lastly, and this is perhaps the most fun for me because I get to really see and hear from you here, I have a creatively relating hotline, uh, inbox, I don't know, what do we want to call this, voicemail? You can call in and share with me your stories and your questions and ideas that you're having and chewing on as a result of listening to the show. I would love to hear it. Call in anytime. The number is one eight three three two relate one eight three three two seven three five two three eight. I realize I was repeating all of that, but it's a podcast you can just rewind if you didn't get the number. <laughs> so give a call in and uh, let me know what you're thinking and how you're receiving the show. That's not for ratings. That's not for anything other than us just getting to connect. And I really look forward to that. So please give a call in. All right, let's get into this brilliant episode with the phenomenally inspiring James Olivia Chu Hillman. Enjoy. Hi, James Olivia. Hi, Viana. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. <laughs> Just, thank you. Thank you, truly. Um, so let's start with names, pronouns, any identity markers you want to share, and anything that is informing how you're arriving today. Ooh, okay. Um, my name is James Olivia Chu Hillman, and I go by James Olivia. I love it when people ask and get my name right. Like it's so, it's so wonderful to have your name said the way that you like to hear it in your ear. Mm. Um, so <laughs> this is funny. I know this is an introduction. I'm already getting into it, but like our your close friend and a dear to my heart, Morgan. I said their name wrong probably for like the first year. <laughs> Love thinking that, that I said it? it right and they never corrected me and then one day I was like I'm saying your name wrong I have like a year of residual shame <laughs> not really but oh it's amazing wait so how did you say it their name right <laughs> did you like did you like add an accent or something yeah totally like it's it's spelled morg Anne. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Morgan. I was like, obviously you're fancy. <laughs> like they're Morgan so fancy. So fancy. <laughs> and yeah, so wrong. So wrong. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> so my pronouns are they, them, and also I get she heard all the time. And I'm past caring really about that. I figure if people want to relate 
to me, they will. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd rather have them relate to me than to my pronouns. And I also really like it when people get it right. Mm. Um, it feels, it feels nice. Um, let's see, identity markers. Well, I'm a knitter. <laughs> I don't know if that's an identity <laughs> marker, but I'm knitting right now while we talk. <laughs> I love that you knit when we talk. Um. I'm sure that there are lots of things that people want to hear in terms of like, um, you know, geography and ethnic and cultural origins and ability and size and all that. Um, And this is, ooh, this feels a little funny. Um, We're on your podcast, Creatively Relating, and I want to be related to creatively and as me not not in my labels first and those things can can give you more information about me and if we're relating and they come up I'm happy to share them and that's not what I'm going to lead with so mm-hmm. we might get to it later on um, and I'm happy to share I'm not like trying to hide things yeah. about myself it's just not where I want to start so mm-hmm. um breaking the rules already I guess you know, it's actually so in line with the show because the the first episode is this little 20-minute teaser, and I start with, like, here are some things, but you can tell by the tone of my voice that I really don't care, and I'm so uninterested by this, and, like, here are the things I actually care about. So I, I'm with you. Like, it, it's actually – I want to give people the opportunity to speak that if it if it's alive for them, and mm-hmm. I hold all of those identity markers very loosely because yeah. – you know, it, it fits into culture and how we experience the world in some regard. And there's also more interesting things happening when we're relating directly. Yeah. So yeah. I love the way you spoke into that. Thank you. Yeah. And it's not that I it's not that I don't care about these identities that they hold. They matter to me. They really, really do. Mm. Um and other people's identities that they hold that matter to them also matter to me. Um, And there's so much more. There's just so much more that I, I would love to lead with. And I'm sure that that also speaks to a shit ton of privileges that I have to say that in the first place, like, Hey, let me say that there's more to me than these things Mm -hmm. that, that may be labels. Cause in, in some ways, like I, I noticed that I didn't do that with pronouns. Like I didn't just skip over that because that is something that like, that's an immediate assumption people have a right when they meet me and it's like, Oh, okay. Let's, let's <laughs> kind of sift past this one a little bit and see where we get. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's not that having immigrant heritage or indigenous heritage doesn't mean anything to me. It totally does. Mm-hmm. Um, and this feels like a more organic way to go about talking about it yeah. than like, hey, I'm James Olivia, and this is who I want you to think I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I say I don't care, it's more mm-hmm. like, I don't care to start here, like you yeah. said. Like, it's, there's a lot more interesting things, and it, it can help create context for certain things. Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, I just have a sense of who you are in, in the world through the opportunity I've had to relate to you so far. And um, it's so apparent that identity is important 
and culture and systems are important. And the way that you relate to all of that is so radical in that it starts from this deep place of personal responsibility in a way that I, yeah, I mean, you've just, you've already shifted so much in my perspective of how I relate to culture and identity in just the past couple of months that we've been working together. And so I, I hear all of that with so much nuance too of understanding your perspective and getting to have this uh, deeper relationship with your work and, and how you relate. I've just never met somebody who relates so <laughs> honestly. Like I feel that like you're, re- you're, you're always working to relate in, in the experiences I've had with you. And in, in, in that there's so much like sometimes there is this, yeah, okay, that's not a thing that I really care about or want to go after. As you say, I love that language. Um, and in that there's also so much relating though, I feel like I'm just like, oh, that's, yeah, great. Just walk right past that one. There's more interesting things. Let's go after what we're interested in. I'm so nosy now. Like you just said, things have shifted for you so much that you've you've been changing the way that you relate to stuff in the last few months. And I told, are you willing? <laughs> like, sure. Are you willing I, to share some of that? I mean, it's funny that you're like, I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. And I'm, I feel the same way. I'm like, I want to go wherever you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down to go wherever you want to go. Yeah. What would Is you that like a to place know? you're willing to go? Like, totally. I totally would love to hear what's different for you. I love, I love when we change. I love knowing what's different for us. Okay. Let's see if I can really start to delineate, like thinking back to my mindset before we started working together. I mean, I think first and foremost, you've given me a vocabulary for things that I had a sensation and and a feeling of, but didn't really have vocabulary for. And now I feel like with language, I have more opportunity to connect with people. So that's huge because I feel a little less alien in the world and a little bit more able to be human with other people. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So that's been significant. Um, I also, just in the past couple of months, like it, it really blows my mind that it's only been a few months. I feel like I take things so much less personally than I used to. And that is super cool. And it's, it, I would say it was, it was something that I was doing in more of a like in relationships that were further out, but my most intimate relationships and most intimate relationship was the hardest one for me to to really slice through the, oh, that's not mine. Oh, sure, you can think that, but that has nothing to do with me. Like <laughs> the, and I just hear your voice in my head so often now of like, wow, I hear, I hear you thinking this thing and well, that has, that's not what I'm thinking. We have a difference here and we're allowed to have that difference and we can choose to relate to that difference or not. Like, or you can just keep having your ideas in your head about me and I can have my ideas in my head about me and that's fine too. But like, there's, there's this, 
effortless way that I've experienced you navigating difference that has shifted how reactive I feel to difference. And that's a particular area I've really struggled in my life. So huge. I am so tickled that you perceive it as effortless. (laughs) Well, your language feels effortless. Like the language feels so, um, it's not that you don't care, but I just feel this clarity of like, yep, that's yours. You know, so I don't know if we talked at all in the last few weeks about the, um, what I call fighting alone in a paper sack. (laughs) No, but I've seen it on Instagram (laughs) and I love it. (laughs) Like where people will take their ideas of what you're saying Mm -hmm. and start an argument with themselves and or you about what they think you have without checking it out with you. and there's very often an invitation to join them in their paper sack. Mm -hmm. And I think part of what I'm hearing you talk about now is like, you're no longer following people into their paper sack that they have for you. Yep. Okay. And I'm also creating a lot less paper sacks myself. That sounds nice. Which is liberatory. Really? (laughs) Wow. I can see it now of like, well, (laughs) Why are you, that's an interesting thought. What's informing that? Yeah. And also your language around (laughs) (laughs) um, what do you have and what are you going after and what are you up to? These phrases, oh, they crack me right open. Every conversation I have feels so shifted because I'm thinking, even if I'm not articulating it, this is what I have. This is what I'm going after. And mm-hmm. having that internal clarity in a conversation, it makes such a difference. Oh, if the thing I'm going after is relating, then, you know, that that makes a lot of decisions about judgment and advice and any other kind of fuckery I might try to throw on the table. Because I've already made the decision that I'm going after relating. So it just contextualizes my interactions with people in such a different way and gives me so much clarity in the moments when I'm like, I don't, I'm not going after anything here. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you can just leave it alone. You're like, oh, I'm not obligated to, I'm not obligated to relate. I'm not obligated to prove myself. I'm not really obligated to like, join you in your paper sack. I don't like, there's nothing that I need here. So I can just set this down because my energy is better spent elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) (sighs) Cracks me open. Yeah. Well, well, I, I cannot wait to see what continues to unfold this year and infinitely into the future because I am absolutely fascinated by the way your brain works and who you are. And I just, I cherish you so much. It is mutual. Okay. So our last, one of our last conversations where we were talking about the distinction between choice and decision, I have been thinking about that (laughs) nonstop for the last 
I don't know how, like, it's been over a week. I've just been <laughs> thinking about it nonstop. I've been pestering Jen McCabe about it. <gasps> I'm like, give me something to read. I need resources. <laughs> and I'm, I have something on that. Yes, if please. You, if you want it. Oh. Like, I know that may or may not be in topic with what we're Let's talking go. about I'm, today, but I'm so into it. Let's go. Should we um, context? And, do you want to contextualize that for people? Um, you know, if you want to contextualize that, I'm going to mute myself because my nose is running and I'm going to blow my nose and that would be a horrible experience for people <laughs> listening. So you talk and I'll blow my nose on mute. Okay, perfect. So in regard, the year-long program I'm doing with James Olivia this year, um, we were talking about choice and you had mentioned that a difference between choice and decision, that choice is external, like you have two choices, you can choose the blue cup or the purple cup, and decision is an internal experience. And I said, what is the distinction there? Because for me, choice is an internal function. For me, I relate to the word choice as, like, I always have choice, choice is inherent even if the only choice is where I place my attention. And then the act of choosing is deciding. And I was saying how, you know, for within language, for me, I really experience words through color and movement and sensation. And those two words are nearly identical in my experience of them. And I was really curious about wanting to understand, like, what is the subtle nuance here? Because I really fascinate over understanding how to use language in this precise way, especially because my experience is so strange. So um, that's that's how that conversation unfolded from my perspective. And I'm curious to hear what what it was like from your perspective. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so excited. And I know. So I'm just going to preface this with I know that my exploration of this topic will grow. Mm -hmm. probably over the next four or five years. <laughs> so this is where where we are right now in this conversation is not an end point. It's, it's we're still in the start point. Yes, So please absolutely. don't hold me to anything that I'm saying. Know that this is like me wading into a really, really deep pool. And I have no idea what the orientation is yet. Amazing. But the way that I've been thinking about this is, and I love the way that you have picked up congruence um, and just like run with it, like like I fascinate over this. Or like, and so the activity of of choice is I choose. And hearing you say, okay, and I use I choose and I decide interchangeably. Like um, that if I have a choice to make, I choose or I decide. Either one of those verbs can work. And we were talking about like you know. The, the blue cup or the purple cup. I actually don't even remember what colors you said. I saw so many colors when you <laughs> just two of them. But So let's say there's the blue cup or the purple cup. Those are my two choices. And I can choose the blue cup or the purple cup. I can choose what I want to um, make that mean. I can choose where I put my attention. I can choose all these different things. But my blue cup, purple cup choices are limited. Like mm -hmm. those are my, but I can also decide without the choice being immediately available to me, fuck this. I want a yellow cup. That's my decision. Mm. So there's, there's an, mm. I, this is definitely mm -hmm. not an end point, but there's an mm -hmm. element to 
generative, like the, they're so much more available to me than the options that I think I have if I'm in this create, and this is why I want to talk about the name of your podcast, creative relating, creatively relating, like that what we have as the choices available to us that we've learned um, when we are, when we are in the, the recognition and I want to say like in the power of, of being creative beings, there's so much more possible. There's so much more available than what we even understand in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where decision comes in, even when choice is not available. Yeah. And um, it's so, it's so helpful to hear your delineation of this and to let it settle into my body as you're talking. And and maybe we just have a difference here, and that might mm-hmm. be a thing. But for me, even when the purple cup and the blue cup are the choices, there's always another choice I have, which is mm. the choice to relate to myself first before relating to this thing, which is then the decision of I want the yellow cup. Like that choice for me is always whatever other choices I have, the first choice I have is how do I choose to relate to myself in this moment? And then from there, there's all these other constraints and choices presented to me. Mm-hmm. But that other choice is, is the constant. And also maybe it's helpful to for me to contextualize how I perceive creativity. For me, creativity, everything we do is creativity. There is no separation because we are a function of creation. Mm-hmm. So any action for me is an expression of creativity. When there's a conscious uh, awareness of the choice and the decision, when it's not um, when it's not pattern, right? When mm-hmm. it's not reaction, when it's actually right. conscious will, that conscious will expressing itself is creativity. So however it comes out, I don't view creativity as something that's um, only uh, something that is in an artistic medium. Mm -hmm. Conversations are acts of creativity, right? I mean, making the bed can be an act of creativity. It is just that it's that expression of conscious will for me. And that, so with that lens, that's how I also relate to choice is that if I'm making the conscious choice to express my autonomous will creatively, um, I mean, that that's always my fundamental choice. How am I expressing that uh, autonomous self? So there's an element there of the consciousness is the like the awareness and the consciousness are what differentiate it from like automatic reaction, Mm -hmm. which is just pattern and then consciousness and awareness and bringing forth, like manifesting yourself, your will. That's the act of creation, no matter what the activity is. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the thing that I, that's the inherent choice I view. Mm -hmm. That first choice of relating to self, bringing forth that, will. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we do have a difference here because I'm calling that decision. 
Um, and I'm going to go back to, you know, how I love to word nerd out with some etymology here. Yes, please. I welcome um, that. So ultimately, I know that there's like, there are so many places to go with this. When I think about choose and decide etymologically, we are talking about the exact same thing. Decide is cut off, cut off options. You cut off options until you get to the, the one. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the etymology of decide and the use, the actual use of decide is. So if I were to say, what are the two synonyms that most closely track with choose or decide choose to me would be select Mm -hmm. and decide would be resolve. Ooh. And there's a there's just a, like a different feel to those to me. Yeah, they yes, and I'm 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 tracking with you on that. They do like as you speak into that, that really lands, and it actually for me amplifies that choice is always an op that like there is always mm-hmm. another choice because you can always select. Mm-hmm. This other thing, this fundamental way of relating to any other choice. But mm-hmm. I love, I love that distinction. Oh, this is, oh, I fascinate. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much my brain is chewing on right now. I love that you started this too with we're just starting to wade into this water because I can feel like, whoa, uh, there's a whole universe to explore of subtle like i i love to fall down word tunnels because words are so strange to me <laughs> and um i i love looking at definitions and then picking out the definitions and like defining all the other words in the definition and just going down the spiral and i feel like there's so many realms to go into here with the, like with what you just presented, this split of resolve and select, my brain is activated. Oh, well, I mean, okay. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you're like, choice, choose. And I'm like, decide, decision. Because <laughs> like knowing the two of us and the way that we approach things, like the little slice of Viana mind that I know is like, galaxies whole like whole realms of possibility and color and texture and light and like (laughs) like all these things are available to us and how will we cultivate this and curate it into a beautiful experience and like it is a a there's like a word that I associate with you is curation like the like to curate these elements to make an experience to make something visually or texturally or sonically gorgeous Mm. Um, and, and a word that I think about and like ruminate on and like uh, grapple with all the time is power. Mm. Um, and so, you know, for you to, to come at it with like select and for me to come at it with resolve, of course we are like, of course we're having this conversation (laughs) from very different facets of, a of like kind of the same activity, Mm -hmm. but but from really, really different vantage points. And I love it. Me too. There's, I, I'm, I love it so much. I, this is exactly the realm of conversation that 
excites me and inspires me in this very expansive way. I, I mean, I can, I already know I'm going to be thinking about this for a long, long, like I was thinking about it previously, <laughs> but now it's just, it's getting, it's getting deeper and deeper. And I was thinking about some other things that we had talked about in class. So this wasn't totally top of mind, but it is something I've been really picking at because like you said, this, the perspective of what I'm coming to with selecting is so it feels so inherent in who I am and how I present in the world. And and that is one of the things that I love so much about you is this sense of resolve. It's the thing that I feel I've been so impacted by is there is this generative way that I feel you approaching relationships and relating to the world that feels like it resolves things. Even when that resolve is the decision to step away and and the way that you contextualize that of just i end like that's a decision you can make and then it's done <laughs> it's so radical for me <laughs> and it's so empowering and what you know all the things that might be informing why it's hard for me to end <laughs> there's a lot um there's a lot there but i just really am so enriched by this conversation and the different perspectives that we have. I want to just keep rifling through here. It's just so much fun. Like, like it's so much fun to have this difference with you and get to see a whole, like I wouldn't get to see that, that galaxy, that whole like, cosmological like palette without having this conversation with you yes yeah and I I'm really thinking about well the the outline of decision making that you've given in regard do you do you want to share that do you want to bring that here? yeah so this is with full attribution to Jen McCabe and I don't know what she calls it I, I often call it like the anatomy of a decision or <laughs> the anatomy of a choice. But it's not, it's a, I guess it's a progression, but this progression of congruence is like, I want, I intend, I decide, I do. Um, that every, every act of will, like every action I do, whatever it is, the do, like say I, like I'm going to, you know, jump off the, off my porch, um, <laughs> two steps, not a big deal. <laughs> but so like the decision ultimately to jump starts with, I want and moves to, I intend, and then moves to, I decide, and then moves to, I do. And that wherever we are is where we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and there isn't a, there isn't something before I want, mm -hmm. and there isn't really something after I do. I mean, there are consequences mm -hmm. and they're right. Like not that these decisions exist in some sort of vacuum, but like these acts of will originate with us. Like we are, we are responsible for them there and, and we are the cause. Mm -hmm. um, so, and there's no, this is, I've been having this conversation a lot with different people 
like, and it's totally the Yoda conversation, like do or do not, there is no try. Yes. It's like, it's like, okay, I can say, I can stand at the, you know, at the top step of my porch and say, I'm trying to jump. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't look like anything. Mm. I might be at, I intend, but I'm not doing, I haven't decided. I'm like, I may have this want, um, but trying doesn't like, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? Oh, oh, I love that so much. And I know you, you brought that up in regard last week and. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. That, cause there was a moment where I was like, I'm trying to, and you're like, no, no, no. And I was, <laughs> and I was just like, oh Yes how often do I sidestep my responsibility in the moment to make a decision or to choose by saying I'm trying? It's really, it feels very like um, a passive way of sidestepping my responsibility. Oh, I'm just, I'm not really gonna make this decision. I'll just say I'm trying and then like give me grace instead of saying, well, I'm intending to do this and or maybe this is more true for me in a lot of these moments when I'm saying I try. I've decided and I'm doing it in some moments, but then I forget that I've decided. And so remembering is part of that. And I have to keep remembering that I've made the decision. Mm -hmm. And and really what I'm asking for is grace. What I'm what I'm asking for is support, maybe help remembering that I've made the decision, which is very different than saying I'm trying. And the grace to fail. Like I might be at I do and I don't. And I don't do well. Uh -huh. um, I apologize if you can hear my phone buzzing and I just turned off the buzzy. So Oh, I didn't hear it. No, it's okay. Okay, good. <laughs> And it's so, yeah. it's that's welcome. This is just meant to be like real life conversation. <laughs> so like our phones ring, it's fine. People will just deal. <laughs> so yeah, the the grace to fail is something that's, and and that is something that we can give ourselves. Obviously, like this is we we can make mistakes. Yeah, not just we can, but we do. And so what are the other options if you don't have room to? Yeah. 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 Oof. There's so much in that. I'm I'm like, I feel like I'm looking at all these different roads of places we can go down in this. <laughs> but there's, okay, there's one thing in the decide to choose that I feel like I'm coming oh. to as we talk about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm, coffee. Coffee? I'm assuming there's coffee in that cup. Tea. Tea. What kind of tea? This is actually a bunch of herbal tinctures with Ooh. a raspberry hibiscus tea. Oh, I like that. I like um, that you add tinctures into your tea. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just going to file that away. Um, okay, so first, after you outlined this in regard, I came to there is something for me before want, mm -hmm. and that's fantasize. And that for me, I fantasize, I want, I intend, I do. The fantasy for me is really important in my understanding of what I want. Okay, so Octavia Butler, I think about this all the time. 
this no, is the second time she's come up in two days. No, the, I'm just, okay, that's the second time she's come up in two days for me. So I'm just going to make a note about that. Um, and Desiree Attaway is the one who reminds me of this. In fact, I think it was a post that she had today on Facebook, like one of her dear fam, like really short posts that I love. I go, like, that's one of the only reasons I'm still on Facebook is Desiree Attaway <laughs> daily posts. Um, but she was talking today about the the requirement that we imagine in order to to be free Ooh. like we cannot possibly there is no there is no liberation without imagination wow and i'm totally paraphrasing here but i feel that yeah i feel that really i feel that really deeply because it's for me that in the fantasy, in the imagination, I give myself permission to try out really far out radical things and explore what it might. And of course, it's like it's kind of this paper sack thing, right? Where it's like, well, I don't know. It might play out like this, but it might not. Um, <laughs> but Im imagining something and I really let myself go deep into fantasy. I mean, this is sometimes I can get lost there and I forget to come back to, you know, real life. <laughs> this is one of the constant struggles of my life is getting out of the fantasy and getting into the doing because um, I can hang out in fantasy all all day. Um, very attractive. It's very, very attractive. To be there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But that like that really helps me understand the nuance of what I want mm -hmm. without the constraints of what's on offer. So, you know, just looping it back around to this choice decision realm. And, okay. Okay. This is, and this is fresh. This is so fresh. So I don't know. I have to chew on this more. But I think for me, it's I fantasize, mm -hmm. I choose, I want. I intend, I decide, I do. And let me add more here. So mm -hmm. in the fantasy, I go wide. I go all these various options and full spectrum. Mm -hmm. And then I choose one of them. Now, do you choose before you want or do you want and that's what you choose? Oh. Well, sometimes I want many of them. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Okay, no, but I definitely <laughs> had that backwards. It would be I fantasize, I want, I choose. Mm -hmm. Right, because there's there's like a filtering that's happening. All mm -hmm. these options, and then I want something out of them, and I'm choosing one of them, and then I'm intending to do that thing that I've chosen, and then I'm deciding to do it, and then I'm doing it. And here's where I'm getting the distinction between choice and decision. Choice for me feels more malleable. Decision mm -hmm. feels more concrete. Choice feels like this kind of fluid, ongoing conversation, and a decision feels final. And like you, like you were saying, that resolve. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, okay, I've made the choice from all these options, but I still haven't intended to do it. I've just selected it, and then now I'm intending, and now I'm – making the decision like this is definitely the thing that I am doing. I'm solidifying it and now I'm acting on it. 
Sounds like you're getting somewhere. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> what does that stir for you? Anything? Um, well, my dog is excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means hear. something to me. <laughs> um, I So I don't know if you know this about me. I have a background in um, business process architecture and software. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. So hearing you walk through basically the process flow, <laughs> I'm seeing it in my mind. I'm like, oh, I can totally see like a graphic image of, of what that looks like. So I get really like geeky excited about um, you having this conscious awareness of your own process and being able to name it and and for me to be able to see it. Like I feel like mm -hmm. I got a peek into your the way that you experience how you navigate your life. Hmm. So that's fun for me. Super that's, fun. That's cool. I love knowing this about you. And I feel <laughs> like it just thoughts are connecting in my brain about how your brain works. Like why I'm like this. <laughs> it's just like, wow, that I have so many like curiosities about what that looked like in practice. Maybe you want to talk about that. Maybe not. I don't know if that's exciting or boring for you, but I'm so curious about. Um, it really is very, it's a very corporate procedure. <laughs> it's not particularly attractive. It's like more of just a concrete articulation of like first this and then that. And if this, then that. And if not this, then that. <laughs> like. Yes, I, I understand. I, I just, I feel like I understand you in another, like just another <laughs> layer down. Yeah. Like the fact that your brain could do that at a corporate level and in this very, you know, in this way that I imagine had to be very refined. And then now that you're bringing that into what feels like a really messy experience and part of being human, which is relating. And that, like when I was saying earlier, like it seems so effortless, it's like, it's actually that, like it, it feels like you've just offered this very organized system and I love systems so much but i can also way overcomplicate systems because <laughs> of the way that my brain functions like i understand my systems but other people don't always understand my systems <laughs> and some people will be like why did you add these extra 10 steps so i feel like you've just dis you've like distilled this thing that has felt so abstract to me and now I like am understanding this, you know, this piece of what's informed that. That's so cool. It's fun. It's really fun for me to like poke around until because I didn't even do anything. You named it like you you took that progression, like Jen McCabe's progression. And you're like, yeah, and there's more for me. Mm. Like there are, you know, 10 extra steps or in your case, like three extra steps. And I'm like, oh, I want to know those steps. Like, <laughs> if you can, if you can spell it out for me, I can see it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times, like this is something that I'm constantly refining and constantly learning how to do. Like there are things that I don't actually understand or have the the experience or vocabulary for until it happens a few times and I start to see a pattern. Mm -hmm. So like even in just the last, I'm going to say the last two or three days, I recently started understanding. And being able to identify and articulate like, oh, the reason that I have this full body, like flooding 
whoosh response to some things like they're like it can be an Instagram comment or a thing somebody says and I'm just like fuck you like <laughs> just and I'm like why am I like this um, <laughs> and <laughs> and I've discovered it's like oh the pattern there is it's a manipulation Whoa. and so like I hear uh, what I lovingly call a dirty accusation because <laughs> I think there are clean accusations like really beautiful accusations that don't come with any expectation that we're different Ooh. Uh, like I can I was talking about this with Nick Strack earlier like I could I could say a clean accusation to them like hey I see you're you know acting kind of shitty to your partner what's going on with you like how you doing it's I'm naming a thing I'm <laughs> I'm calling it a thing but it doesn't come with any expectation that they like be different or that they're not good. Like that's not an accusation that you're not good or that like, I want you to do something different. It's just, Hey, I have this. Tell me about you. Mm -hmm. um, and then the dirty accusation is I'm going to throw this accusation at you with the intention of manipulating you into doing something I want you to do or being a different way. Um, and that just, there's something in there that I haven't quite wrapped my, like, I'm still working on this one, where I will receive that kind of manipulation or that kind of dirty accusation. And I will just be like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I can say I definitely have that reaction as well. Yeah. Now that I can name it, like, even in the last couple of days, like, I, I got another, I love my Instagram comments. <laughs> Like it is the place where I get so much opportunity to relate to difference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I will get more, like I've gotten more since, since I started learning to identify this thing. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't activate me nearly as much because I can name it. Like I can see the process flow in my head and I can break it down and go, oh, okay, this is what you're up to. Mm. I don't need you to be different for me to be okay. I can just name it and like, go about my business. <laughs> like this doesn't have to be a thing anymore. Wow. I'm just really thinking of how impactful that could be for all of us <laughs> on social media to, 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 to really digest that. And, and there's gotta be, there's an intimacy to that too of, you know, what's the thing that floods us and what are we bringing to that? What's informing that? reaction in us what where's the wound or where's the you know what for me it's a wound mm -hmm. I think maybe for a lot of people but I don't want to make a sweeping assumption there might be <laughs> other things there um that to to I mean naming it for me is also really impactful because it's just it's like turning a light on and being like oh right Look at that's it's, the way you learned how to get what you want. Yeah. And so now you're trying that with me because you want something. Yeah. Um, and also I have a no for that. <laughs> like, but I don't have to judge how you like if you're not harming me, you're just doing something I don't like. Oh, um, you're not harming me, you're just doing something I don't like. Yeah. So like how I participate in that is totally my choice and my decision. Yeah. Like I don't I don't have to part I mean I could participate in a way that harms me. I have that option available to me and I don't have to. Yeah. Oh. 
You make my brain churn in so many beautiful ways. I just feel like there's in in that I I see well one I see the way I struggle and have struggled in the past and keep struggling with social media and I know you know a lot of the people in my life and the ways that they struggle with it and especially as numbers increase and there are more and more people gaining access to one person which mm-hmm. is just really unnatural <laughs> and and uh and I, and I'm also it's something I feel really impressed with of watching you interact on social media and knowing that you you really do make an effort to relate to people there um and maybe that's not universally true but I in my experience of you in that space I see you relating I see you making effort and uh I I'm already at a point where I'm like I don't know I just like don't have the energy for this and there are moments when I feel curious and excited to go into something with somebody but for the most part I just don't have the bandwidth for that and it doesn't mean I'm not interested I just don't have the reserve for it mm-hmm. but there's there are these beautiful opportunities here like these moments where the flooding happens the stimulation happens in some way that maybe we label as negative we get reactive but really the stakes are so low in the scheme of life and what a beautiful opportunity that is to practice Uh and to really um, refine what's happening in our individual experience should we choose to take that opportunity and engage with it in that way and there are there are some comments some people like there are some people who are just restricted <laughs> like it's like i want to see what you have to say i may or may not want to engage but i want that to be at my discretion so yeah. you may not like your shit may never ever show up on my feed yeah. um and relating is like here we are back at choice right it's it's a choice that we can make when it serves us, mm-hmm. when it's in our in service to our vision, in service to the life and the world we want, and the experience that we want to have, it's not a moral obligation. Yeah. Like, there are how mm. many billion people in this world? It's not a moral obligation to relate intimately with every single one of them. We are already connected. You know, what we do is already having an impact on the world how we choose to share our energy and contribute what we have to the world doesn't have to be, I don't know how into human design you are, but like not everyone is, oh, your face lit up, but not everyone is, is designed and built for one-to-one engagement. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I like it. <laughs> uh, like I have a lot of, like I'm very resourced to have one-on-one conversations. What's your, what's your designation? I'm a manifesting generator with a three five profile. Ooh! So now, now all of you can know everything about me. Um, <laughs> I'm a two four projector. I knew you were a projector. <laughs> I knew it. I, okay, I didn't know it, but I I suspected it. it. But that makes so much sense, right? That you that you have this social media presence where it's you're one to many. Yeah. And this podcast where you like we get to have a one on one conversation. But it's for you one too many. Yeah. Um, and like for me, 
I, we will end this call and I'll go and have another one on conversation. Amazing. Um, and, and it's limited for me too. I can't do that like just endlessly. Yeah. Um, like I still have to be discerning about the, you know, the number of one-on-one conversations that I can have. But for you, it's like, why would you engage with every comment? That's not, that's not a discerning use of your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are some where I'm like, I do, I do try. I try with a lot of people to engage. And with some, like, I will just straight up say, I've arrived at my no for continuing this conversation. Thank you for engaging. <laughs> like, I love that. I all like the the way you can distill a sentence is so satisfying to me. <laughs> and, and they're just they're for for me like these little scripts that I just tuck into my back pocket of like, ooh, next time I'm struggling, I'm just gonna pull out that James Oliviaism. <laughs> when I'm struggling for words, there it is. <laughs> I've arrived at my no for continuing this interaction. Uh, uh. Like here we are oh, at my no. <laughs> here we are. And and this also talks into the way that your work just for me uproots codependent behavior so deeply. Because how how have I been conditioned to not speak my no, to not even acknowledge my no, to just fully bypass the no, right? That's the conditioning and that's what I'm working against. Or to make it conditional. If you meet these conditions, then maybe my no is negotiable. Yeah. Oof. Um, like, I'm at a no, but I wouldn't be if you were different. Like, if you were, if your tone was different, or if you didn't ask me that way, or if you were clearer about what you wanted. It's like, this is a, I actually love this conversation about conversation about clarity that I've had with multiple people in the last couple of weeks. We often have a desire for clarity from someone else as though we don't have clarity. <laughs> it's like, Fuck. Oh, guilty. It's like, Ugh. why don't you tell me what you want? It's like, uh, what if that person never tells you what they want? Do you, where does your agency go? Like, is your yes and your no conditional? on them ever saying what they have. Wow. I'm taking that into some intimate places that I'm (laughs) not ready to bring out to the public, but I'm just going to make a pin uh, to talk with you privately about that because that is taking me places. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like waiting for someone to commit to a relationship. Yeah. Um, Like, you first. Yeah, fuck. The the complete resolve in I have arrived at my no or I have arrived at my yes. That process of deciding, ah, okay, it's coming back around for me. Like decision and choice. They both feel inherent. They both feel um they're both active. Yeah, right? Cuz they're they can be congruent statements. Uh, there's, it, it's almost, it's the continuation of a story for me. I choose, I decide. Like, they, I think it's actually not that they're 
they're not like side by side. For me, they're stacked. It's like I choose and then I decide. I make the choice, which is a little more fluid. And then Mm -hmm. I decide to act on that choice that I've made. And the decision is the, you know, it's like selecting the seed and then planting the seed. The selection Mm -hmm. and the resolve. Like I'm actually seeing that they're links. They're connected. Mm -hmm. And and in the same way that in the way that I view choice, actually decision is inherently right next to it, right, right connected to it. Okay, I love that you're saying this because this keeps popping into my head like at various moments and I forget to say it because it kind of like drifts in and drifts (laughs) out. But the way that you're linking, like I choose, I decide, it feels like there's a next link to that, and that's I commit. Like there's that like select resolve and then like you were talking about kind of a concreteness that decide has and then a like this is stone. Mm-hmm. That's where I commit this. Oh, that is so that's really impactful for me because it's something I've been understanding about myself lately is how deeply I value commitment. Mm-hmm. And how how um highly i regard commitment and um and not to say that i always get commitment right you know that's like that's not it but i do regard it very highly and then when i stumble with commitment there's a lot of information there and i get so much value out of understanding like i committed to this and then i didn't show up to it and and why or i committed to uh, trying, I committed to making an effort here. This is what I'm saying. I committed to making an effort on this, this particular edge of growth. I've committed to, um, I've committed, what am I trying to say here? It, it's speaking into this grace and my scrambled brain is having a hard time articulating. I've committed to pushing myself into a place that is unfamiliar and mm-hmm. I may stumble, but I've mm-hmm. committed to making that like that effort. And in in that, sometimes I actually just avoid the thing. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm getting I'm getting a lot of information about that. I've committed, I'm cho- I'm I am choosing to really invest myself in pushing myself into this unfamiliar, uncomfortable territory. I've made this commitment in my mind and I'm avoiding it in reality. I'm av- and, and here you hear it in my language, right? Oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like I do this thing and because I value commitment and I've made that, I've brought that into my awareness and I've been naming that lately. Now I'm understanding all the information here differently. Yeah. I'm like, oh, look at you doing this thing of using the word trying not like you value commitment and here like you said like that doesn't sound like commitment (laughs) it sounds like very strong intention it sounds like sounds like that's not quite it there might be decision i I hear like there is intermittent decision Mm -hmm. like sometimes i decide sometimes i avoid (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, 
and commitment is in that progression that's just not where you are yet mm-hmm. and that's it's aspirational like, yeah mm-hmm. um I think about that too, like how few commitments we actually have, Mm. like true commitments that we actually have. Mm. I mean, here we are like two divorcees, or actually you're not, but like, I don't know. I don't know when it's official. I don't know how that works. It's filed. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll just leave that on over yeah. out of and, public. Yeah. So I think we can edit that out. Um, <laughs> but I think about like what I have called commitment in the past mm-hmm. and realized that like, oh, that's, that wasn't a commitment. That was a decision. Yeah. Um, and, and my true commitments have to be so much more intentional. Um for me to be satisfied. Like I have commitments and they have not necessarily been intentional commitments. Like I have been, a lot of my life has been very committed to um, not being wrong. (laughs) Like I've been very Mm -hmm. committed to not being wrong about things. Mm -hmm. And I've had to make intentional, like an intentional choice to be like, oh, I don't want, like one, committing to that is futile. Like I am wrong so much that that is a terrible commitment for me to have that like leaves me in a very bad place. So, so if I can like lay down that commitment and just be wrong as often as I am, I can have a lot more fun. Um, (laughs) That landed so deep. I ran my head into the microphone. (laughs) Like I've had commitments to security where I'm like, okay, I really, really, I'm deeply, I'm so deeply committed to getting my material needs met, like, like having come from, you know, some amount of insecurity as a child, getting to a place as an adult, like having intermittent security, and then getting to a place where I was like, Oh, I have a I got a job job and I have a husband husband and like <laughs> and like all of these things that would indicate security and being so much more committed to the security than I was to my own uh right relationship with myself and going, "Oh, that's also like a really horrific commitment to keep for the rest of my life." And now in this phase of my life going, "Oh, my commitments are so much more demanding of me in some ways like I'm committed to mastering the encounter with difference that makes me have to have encounters with difference (laughs) (laughs) that's super uncomfortable oh wow yeah and I fail a lot like you know you can check out my Instagram comments and see how often I actually do fail. (laughs) And the commitment is that I will show up and I will continue to work toward, like, as you were saying, there are commitments that you have where you're like, this is an edge for me. And I will, and I will keep standing at the edge of where I currently am and go past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I love what you said there about 
commitment having this um this isn't the language you use but the way it landed for me is that there's some action there's action there's a, there's it requires a lot of us mm-hmm. and and in that then we have to be very selective with what we're truly committed to and this has been oh this has been coming up a lot for me i mean just in this season as i've my health has been really shifted i mean <laughs> it's weird to say shifted because it's been like a, it's been a couple years but my understanding of it is really just coming in so i've shifted in relation to my experience of it mm-hmm. and it is really making me understand how i show up to what i'm committed to and this i feel like is actually just the, what a beautiful tie in to um the other topic i wanted to talk about with you today around Whoa. social justice and and um how we commit to being in relationship with our privilege and what that can look like in practice in a in a responsible way but also in this really nuanced way that feels very radical um, in the context of the cultural conversation. Like the big thing that's been coming up for me is I've always been, I would say throughout my life, even before I had the word activist or activism, I was always very activated by social issues. And I I mean, as a young, young child, you know, like the, this is, it's something that has felt very inherent in who I am and how I show up in the world. As I've gotten older, I've certainly gone through <laughs> cycles with how fierce I am in my, in the social justice work that I show up to. And as I'm getting older and understanding commitment my my regard for commitment and also how much capacity i have my relationship to social justice is radically changing and i am understanding how little i have in this moment that's not to say that's going to be forever but in this exact moment i really don't have a lot to give and i don't have it's not even just uh the energy that i'm outputting it's what i'm receiving it's information my brain right now just with what i'm dealing with neurologically i get saturated with information and so i have to be really really selective about what information i'm taking in and so for the first time in my life i am in a place of learning a lot less about other people's experiences in order to commit to investing in these skills that are focused around relating through difference, which I see, you know, it's coming at the conversation of social justice from a very different perspective. And ultimately it feels like the same thing for me and way more generative. This feels way more generative because it allows me to relate one-on-one rather than with these, with the way we will lump people and and say like okay you're you're a monolith here you just speak for your whole community you know um and and actually opening up the door to relate one on one and hear nuance within 
the vastness of communities, however we try to like divide them and compartmentalize people. Uh, but okay, so what I would really love, I'm speaking so much right now, but I'm just like, I love it. there's so much here for me. And what really landed in our last session of regard was um, we were talking about we were talking about social justice and personal responsibility and specifically what I, I don't remember my exact question, but I, it was in the realm of like, how do we, how do we call people into dialogue about privilege? How do we hold these things side by side, being in relationship with our privilege and being responsible to ourselves in this in this way that feels like I, I, it's not, not only is it not my, it's not in my scope to change you. It's also nothing that I have the power to do. Uh And so how do we hold those things side by side? That was what I brought. You go. Yeah. How do you change my mind? I don't. And so how is it that when I talk to you, my mind has changed? I mean, that's a personal choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I choose, I decide, I commit. Can I do that through conversation with you without you? Change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But can I do, can I change my mind in ways that are influenced by you without you? Am I hearing you correctly in terms of without you, period, or without you in a conversation one on one? Or like, like I'm, like, let's say, could somebody have their mind changed by reading your Instagram posts versus having a one-on-one conversation with you? Is that what you mean? Or just um, like you d- aren't, don't exist at all? Like I don't – like how are my Instagram posts available without me? Right. Right. Yeah. My Where I'm going with this is the idea that we can – coerce or manipulate someone into being the way that we think they should be seems antithetical to the very idea of justice. Mm. Yes. And you are necessary to the conversation, whatever that conversation looks like, whether it's on social media or listening to this podcast or having the actual live conversation with me right now, I can't have a conversation without, with you, without you. Yeah. Like you are necessary to it. And so the, the decisions that you make in order to get into conversation with me, I get a say, Mm -hmm. I get a say in it what you did to get me here today was you invited me Mm -hmm. like the congruence of I invite regards the sovereignty of the person who can accept or 
reject the invitation. Yeah. And irrespective of what I do with that invitation, you can continue to invite and you can still be about your business in the world. It is not dependent on me saying yes specifically. Mm-hmm. I am I am necessary to my part of the conversation, but I am not necessary to you doing your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way this all unfolds for me, the way that this conversation in class has been unfolding for me, because I still feel like I'm really chewing on it, it touches on something so intimate for me, both uh, something that I feel is is one of my strengths and also equally one of my weaknesses, or where rather my um, my edges of maturity it's it's a place where I still feel immature is better, a better phrase, a more accurate phrase. Uh, scrambled brains are coming in. <laughs> I There's the part of me that is very righteous. This is the part of me that feels still immature in the way that it presents. The righteousness I don't see as, a, as issue. It's the way in which I go about expressing that and have in the past where I say this, my bad bitch self is the part of me that will be like, sit your ass down and fucking listen to what I have to say. And it does not fight with people physically anymore. Used to. Used to. When I was a kid, not as an adult. Um, as an adult, the way that I fight is with information. And I, I scrap with people in like in this like I'm gonna fucking teach you in this way and that shows up and has shown up for me for a long time in the realm of social justice where I've been really like I am right you need to fucking listen and there are places where that's true Right. There are places where that where there is well, one, I mean, how are we defining right? So there's there's that. Um, and does somebody need to listen? No. I mean, they don't need to listen, but there are places where I am right. And it depends on how I'm defining that. That's the part of me that is coming into understanding that these both of these things can be true. Mm-hmm. And how I hold them, this is the maturing now. I don't need to meet this part of myself with the desire to change the other person and coerce them to my side of understanding. Now I'm understanding. I can say, hey, I have some information. Whatever you do with that information is none of my business. If you want to have more of a conversation, cool. Maybe I'm available, depending. We'll see. Uh, and it's re- it really doesn't change anything that's going on in, in my world or how I show up to my work. And I'm also seeing where I get really activated are places, and Dr. McCabe said this, uh, that need is desire plus guilt. And bringing that in, 
And the context she said it was in an Instagram story and had like this funny, cute little mug up and was like, I need this. And then, you know, went into need. And I didn't even think about it in the context of social justice until we were having this conversation in class. And that was brought up again. And it hit me so deep because that is a huge part of my experience when I pick at it is guilt. There, there, is a, there is a feeling of guilt around my privilege. And so the invitation there is, can I get into deeper relationship with my experience of my privilege? And when I do that, then how does that change what I expect of other people? Ooh, there are a lot of different directions we could go right now. <laughs> there are a lot. Um, need is one of them, like what you need or perceive that you need for other people to do or be mm -hmm. so that you can be whole. Mm -hmm. Um, well, maybe we don't need to go all the way into that. I think I said enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um this turn of phrase, our relationship, like my relationship with my privilege or privileges. I'm going to say potentially an unpopular thing here. Love that. Um, it's a question. Is it? Let me sit with this for a second and see what I've got. Okay. Um, all privilege lives outside of us. I have privilege, but it does not live inside me. All privilege is contextual. So like in one context, my appearance could be a privilege. In another, it could be not so. Mm -hmm. um, in one context, my gender could be a privilege. In another context, my gender could be marginalized. So so every privilege that we have is contextual. It's not a, like, I have brown hair. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean anything out of context. Mm -hmm. So my privileges are contextual. Because my privileges are contextual, it's not like I'm carrying them around with me to show up. Like, it's always privilege wherever I go. Privilege, privilege, privilege. Because it's me. My privilege is mine. No, my privilege lives with you. Somebody else's privilege in a context where I am lives with me. I'm privileging them. That is my congruence. I privilege. I marginalize. I privilege. So, like, me getting upset about somebody else's privilege is, <laughs> it's frightening to me, like, to, to look at, well, where does that live? It lives inside me. Wow. Um, I apologize in advance for your comments. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. No, this is exactly where I, I want to go in, into the realm of what is not popular. It, what is, what are we not hearing about this conversation? Because I mean, I, I feel like I've been involved in the conversation around privilege for a long time, and I feel like I'm hitting a lot of dead ends 
Mm-hmm. And there's there are places right now where I feel like the skills that I'm learning about being responsible to myself, relating through difference, leaning into tension, like you say, tension holds possibility. Like all of these things are actually, for me, starting to dismantle the ideas that I've had around what privilege is. And I and I understand it's not going to be a popular opinion and there is a lot of nuance here. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't an entry point for most people in the conversation. When when somebody's never even contextualized the word privilege, I don't think that this is going <laughs> to land, you know. Mm-hmm. This this doesn't feel like point 1. This isn't the first step. There's a lot informing this moment of the conversation. And I think there's also a lot of internal resolve around identity and kind of just looping back to where we started with like, yes, these things are important context in some realm and it's not the most important thing to me to start with. And that, I think, informs this moment in the conversation. There's a, like, this feels really edgy to me (laughs) in some ways, like being at this point in the conversation, because I don't want to dismiss that like, like race, like gender, privilege is made up and the experience is real. Yes. Uh, Like it's totally constructed Mm -hmm. and real. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, The paradox is is true. And and not not chosen. We don't get to, I mean, there are some things that we can do. Like like I have the privilege of being married in a like cishet passing legal union. I did choose that and I didn't choose it for the privilege of it. I chose it and it came with privileges. I did not choose a lot of other things about me. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things that we do that, you know, like, I don't know how many people, like how many white women dye their hair blonde. There's privilege that like, that's a selective selected thing Mm -hmm. to do um, that comes with privilege. Um, depending on who's granting the privilege, Mm -hmm. right? So privilege is not a thing that we choose. It's granted externally by other people. So I don't, like when I say, you know, where does privilege live? It lives, my privilege lives in other people. Other people's privilege lives in me and other people. It's Mm -hmm. not like I get to choose your privilege. Right, Um, right. But I am one. I am one factor in an entire cultural context yeah. that informs your experience of privilege. Yeah. Um, and where am I going with this? Because there's just like this is hairy. <laughs> gets hairy. I love when it gets hairy. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, so 
I'm, I keep coming back to this because it caught my attention, relationship with privilege. Because privilege is a construct that lives in our participation with it, what we're really talking about is what is my relationship to other people? Yeah. And if I'm not willing to have a relationship with another human being, how am I having a relationship with privilege either? Ooh, okay, here we go. That, wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if my privilege lives with you and I won't relate to you, what are, like, what am I doing with my privilege? Wow. And I can, like, I can use it like any other tool. Like there's, there are, you know, institutionally or culturally granted, you know, authorities and like all the things that come with privilege where I can swing it around like a stick like, and get what I want more easily yep. than somebody who doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, and I'm using it in a way that's not particularly relational. I'm like, I can use it as a, as a bludgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, I can use it as like as an invitation, like it's a tool that somebody else has handed me. How am I going to use it? And how I'm, how am I going to relate with the people around me? There are so many directions right now in my brain. I'm just going to like lay them out and let you pick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one thing I'm thinking about is how you talk about a relationship being, um, the relationship itself doesn't exist. I have my relationship with you. You have your relationship with me. Yeah. They're both things that are inside of us. Mm-hmm. And then this piece of privilege being outside of us. So that's a thing that I'm thinking about. And then another thing I'm thinking about are tools. And privilege being a tool, social conditioning being a tool. And we were talking about this in regard last week too, that – um, the tool is not inherently anything. It's how we use the tool and are we getting what we want by how we're using the tool? And, and one of the factors you were saying social conditioning is a tool and sometimes that conditioning is a tool I want to use. Like when I want to uh, cherish somebody, I want to, you know, I'm going after connection. So I'm going to say, thank you. I love you. And that is a form of conditioning and I'm getting what I want out of that. So the tool itself is not good or bad, if I could just mm-hmm. grab that language real quickly. Yeah. But how I – is it bringing me closer to what I want? Uh, so these are just two things that I'm thinking about. These are two things that pinged in my head. I haven't really gone anywhere with either of them. They're just like, oh, here's this thing and here's this thing. Yeah. Okay. So the, oh, the relationship thing, you know, that that's like my hook. I will (laughs) get hooked so easily. Put it down. Put it down. Um, We can, we can go there another time. I want to talk about this tool. Like I want to use concrete examples because they're here in the room. Like you have this privilege, both I'm going to say both granted and earned, like both, um, of a large social media platform. And when I say large, I'm that's completely relative to what I perceive as like normal. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> and so, and that is a tool that you can use to, you can use it in service to the experience and life and world that you want to create, like the vision that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot use it at all. You can let it just sit and collect dust and dwindle. You can use it in ways that that don't work for you, mm-hmm. like engaging more than you have capacity for and burning yourself out mm-hmm. and like, you know, mangling relationships one at a time on the internet as you fumble your way through <laughs> shitty relating. Um, like there, there are ways that you can do this. You can use it as a bludgeon. You can, you can tell all of your thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of, I don't know how many, like bazillions of followers, what they should and shouldn't be doing. You can disregard their sovereignty and you can like manipulate them and coerce them into doing stuff that you want them to do. And, and like following your, your request slash demand slash needs plus guilt. Um, you can use it to invite people into a conversation. Um, you can use it to share information that they may or may not be available to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's their choice or where they are. Um, like there are so many things that you can do with that. And it really is like, is that aligned with? who you want to be is that aligned with your vision for the world and what you want to create um does it serve you mm-hmm. and does it serve the people that you want to like be in service to with in solidarity with like whatever whatever meaningful relationships you want to cultivate Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on your train. <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels so radical to contextualize privilege in this light and and think about my participation with it really differently than I ever have before because it's not just all the words we're saying. It's how all of these words lead to decisions about actions. And for me, I am I can see the way my activism in the past was really informed by my trauma responses. And and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's probably true for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and the more I slow down and really understand my capacity my capacity in relationship to my commitments you know just bringing it right back there I am understanding that my actions have to change if they're going to be sustainable And that's what I'm after. You know, that's really what I'm after because, I mean, 
there's a lot, there's a lot here for me. You know, I, after I almost died, my experience of being alive changed. And there's a lot of things there that I'm still unfolding and maybe will forever be unfolding about that experience. Uh, my understanding of being human feels so wholly different because I feel more human and equally less human. <laughs> and the paradox there is just rich, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at everything from this physical reality and also from above this reality. Being in it and looking at it with perspective and, you know, in this way that I still struggle to put words to. Mm. And I'm understanding also just time on this planet is, it's so brief. It's so brief. And I really want to do something impactful. And in order to do something impactful, I understand now that I need to be a lot more specific because I don't have unlimited energy and I can't know all the things. <laughs> and there's, there's that mechanism in social justice that's like knowing all the language and all like even being somebody who is, you know, identified as queer and and in that, I, I just hold it loosely because I'm like, what is it? Ma like, I, yes, it matters. But really what I'm saying is this whole idea of gender just doesn't really fit. And so really, whatever you perceive of me, it's, I'm just trying to let you know, I perceive myself very differently. And really what I'm saying is I'm kind of not really human and neither are you. We're just having this experience and we're meeting here and also and that's gender for me is like it's, it's i'm just trying to speak into my also non-human self that's here in the room so i i totally lost where i was going with that i got sidetracked with this whole gender thing i just i i don't feel so attached to identity in the way that i used to and I feel far more curious and inspired by what can I do? What do I actually have the power to do? And uh, the knowing, right? Even within the realm of queer, like there's so much language I don't know. And it is changing and evolving so rapidly. And I regard all of that deeply. I respect all of that so much. Like for people to find the words that feel true for them, that's thrilling. However, I relate to language myself. Like I am stoked for the people who are like, this word, we didn't have it in our lexicon before and now we do and this is the right word for me. Cool. Like now I get to see a part of you that maybe we didn't have a bridge for. And I feel perpetually behind. I can't know all the things and I don't want to let that feeling hold me back from actually taking action in the world, from doing something that could be impactful because I don't know all the things. And I think social media is feeding this 
mental experience of social justice and distracting us from the action of justice, which lives in, for me, I'm understanding this, it lives in the relationships to self, interpersonally, with culture, with systems. It lives in the way we relate. That's where we can take action. That's where I can like show up and choose something and decide something and act on something for something with someone in support of someone. There's a relationship there. It's not just this thing in my head. It's not just my paper sack. What is justice? Oh, what is justice? You want to hear my definition of that? Mm-hmm. Justice for me is, I've never really put words to it. I can tell you more what it feels like to me. I'm going to start there because words sometimes okay. I struggle with. Justice feels like liberation and equanimity that and and not to say that every person is feeling equanimity but there's a there's a softness and a balance there's a levity and a buoyancy to me injustice yeah it feels soft it feels expressed like a, like an exhale and there's a peace to it for me that's the justice i i would say that's an aspirational justice internally that's an aspirational justice cuz i also feel like there's a way that i can relate to that world word externally the way that I see us culturally relating to that word, which feels a lot more dense and solid and less um, alive and less buoyant in this way that almost feels more like cement instead of like air. How about for you? What is justice? This may be a while. Um, (laughs) so I, there are two, two quotes that come to mind. There's like the obvious Cornell West, justice is what love looks like in public. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, one that I saw recently on Instagram, of course, (laughs) um, somebody had posted a quote from MLK, um, Justice is love correcting everything that is not love. Ooh. Um, which, you know, those are rabbit holes for me because it's like, okay, and then what is love? Um, and so then we get into like, for me, reference bell hooks 100% of the time all about love. <laughs> but I, I tend to go back to one of the dictionary definitions of just. Mm that I dug up a couple of years ago that was having consideration for all parties. Um, and when I think about consideration, I think of regard, like not just consideration, but 
but regard profound consideration, mm-hmm. um, like profound regard for the humanity, dignity, power, sovereignty, and responsibility of everyone, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I think about what it means to have a relationship in which there is profound regard for everyone, it is, it is almost impossible for me to wrap my head around the monolithic identifiers. Um, not to say that systemically they're you know, like, that's not the level at which I operate most of the time. Like I am the one-on-one person. I'm not one to many in that same way. And I get that like in movement and in policy um, regard for, for people takes on a different flavor, like takes on a different look because we are grouping people and finding patterns in the way that injustice arises based on identity. Um, and when I think about like, what does a just relationship with, here's my, here's my grapple with relating and relationship. All my relationships reside in me and all the relating that I do is done with a person. I don't know how to relate to a group. That doesn't mean that I don't know how to, um, like that there aren't certain behaviors that impact groups. But if, if I want to know women, how, what, what does that mean? Like there was that movie, like what women want. And I'm like, what women are you talking about? Like, what does this mean? Um, When I hear someone say the black community, I'm like, what is that? Like there's um, the queer community. It's like, is there the white community, the straight community? Like, I don't understand the relating that happens at that level from me to that, like, in that direction. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, there's a sense of if I don't take into account each being, how am I, how am I contributing to justice? I'm not saying that that I'm not suggesting anything for anybody else. This is a question I ask myself. Mm -hmm. It's a Um, beautiful question. And that's part of the reason that I, that I engage the way that I do, even on social media. It's like, I, I don't have a sense that I must relate to every single person in the world. And I, I do have a desire to regard mm-hmm. each person. Yeah. That doesn't mean engagement, but it does mean regard. 
Yeah. This is this is where I feel like I'm really chewing right now and struggling and grappling with how does that translate when we talk about one to many. It's definitely a space where I have a lot of curiosity. I have way more questions and answers and certainly more than we can get into before you Mm -hmm. have to go. But there's, I do feel like there's a pathway here that brings what you're saying into like from that place of one-to-one and is there is a way I believe I, f- I can feel something churning in me that says there is a sustainable way to bring that into one-to-many. And, I, and, and this is just what I have right now, which is more, like I said, more of a curiosity than an answer. But for me, I think that maybe it's around the invitation to first and foremost come to the self and and be in in this conversation around personal responsibility and understanding uh, what is ours, what is trauma, what is choice, what is will, and working to foster that. So then, we when we do connect one to one, we're doing so with a lot less. A lot less uh, projection, a lot less story, a lot more relating, and really working towards shifting culture to relating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. That is my dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is totally my dream. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I love that we're both <laughs> dreaming into that from such different perspectives. Yeah, it's beautiful okay i know you have a hard out in five minutes oh Oh my god i can't believe we've been talking this long i'm so like i have so much fun (laughs) i know me too i could i could go so 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 much more um i normally have questions for guests but we have five minutes so first before we do that we'll use whatever Mm -hmm. time we have at the end first i want to give you a chance to let everyone know how they can connect with you support your work engage with your work engage with you all of those things. Um, find me on Instagram um, at inquisitive underscore human. That's everything you need to know about me can be found there in my bio. You can link to whatever else there is. So whatever I've got going on currently, when you're listening, that like the little link will take you there. Beautiful. And and also message me. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm here for I'm here for the conversations. So. Yeah. Do you want to give a shout to Disobedience School? Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I want to give a shout to Disobedience School. <laughs> if you want to have conversations like this for two hours at a time every week for four months, come join me there. <laughs> That's what we do. It's the it's these little small groups. I limit them to eight people. And we just have these conversations, um, except I'm a lot pokier in disobedience <laughs> school. I will, I will be poking at um, where, where we are upholding the status quo in ways that don't necessarily 
serve us or our relationships or our vision for the world. Mm. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing disobedient school after regard ends. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have a hard time getting rid of me. I should just let you know. (laughs) Um, I'm so glad to hear that. And we're going to be in community together in lead, gather, relate as well. Like there's so much there's, There's you you can't get rid of me either. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. Okay. Um, I have four questions. Okay. I kind of want to read them all to you and just let you choose what you want to answer because we have okay. two minutes. Okay. So what does creativity mean to you? How do you define relating to self? I feel like you would have a very interesting answer to that. <laughs> what one life skill do you think could dramatically change our culture if we all personally attended to it? And what are you celebrating about the world right now? Oh my God. Okay. First question. Go visit Nadia Payan. How do you spell Nadia? Nadia, N-A-D-I-A, Payan, P-A-Y-A-N, P-A-Y-A-N. Sorry. Um, I know that's not the answer to your actual question. What do I have around creativity? But like, she is my go-to. I think like you say the word creativity and I'm like, oh, Nadia, go have a conversation with Nadia. Amazing. Um, Oh God. Relating to self. Okay, that will be the next episode after this, like the next time we talk. One life skill. I'm going to start with this congruence. You know, I hammer on congruence for a year in regard. Like, <laughs> like you'll get it in disobedient school. You'll get it in regard. Um, congruence is a skill that that can change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, with There's caveats, but okay. <laughs> there's more to it than that. Um, okay. I know I can't follow instructions. There are two skills. The other one, knowing what you fucking want. Like there's, it is a skill that we get trained out of. Know what you want. Um, and know what you're committed to because mm. they're possibly two different things sometimes. <laughs> and it's good to get clear on what your priorities are. Um, the last one, seemed like such a good question. Now I can't remember. What was that one? What are you celebrating about the world right now? Oh my God, that it does what it wants despite us. Like, <laughs> like I celebrate that humans, that we do whatever the fuck we want despite each other. <laughs> despite our best attempts at disregarding each other's sovereignty, we our sovereignty persists. And I love that about humanity. I love that about the world. I know it gets us into trouble. We are in so much trouble. Like literally we are in hot water about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I celebrate it. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's a paradox. (laughs) So yes, there we are. James Olivia, I cherish you. I adore you. I celebrate you. I honor you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From every little corner of my heart, thank you too. <laughs> so much fun. I must run. Yes. And I cannot thank you enough. I can't wait for our next conversation, but I will. It's only six days away. Um, <laughs> I count down the I'll days. I'll see you soon. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 
it's time for Creatively Exploring, your opportunity to digest today's episode through your own creative practice. Today we're going to do a writing exercise. It's going to be pretty simple because this episode for me stirred a lot and I am still, it's been now as I record this writing prompt, it has been two weeks since we record this episode and I am still chewing on the distinctions offered here and continuing to explore so much of what we discussed. So for today's writing prompt, maybe you want to grab your journal right now or grab your phone and type it into your phone so you can write about it later. How do I distinguish between the words choice and decision? How do I distinguish between the words choice and decision? Music for today's episode was written and recorded by Zena Carlota, mixed by Brendan James Willing. See you all next week. Thank you.